the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. James Langford tells the Salem Radio Network. We've had 21 government shutdowns in the last 40 years. I'd like to see them end. That's why his Preventing Government Shutdowns Act would suspend congressional travel privileges during a budget impasse. Until we actually get it resolved. To make sure federal workers are not impacted, the bill also includes an automatic continuing resolution. That means we keep spending exactly what we were spending the week before. Langford says shutdowns wind up costing the government billions through inefficiency and what he calls chaos. Bob Agnew reporting. Elections in Japan today. Exit polls are showing that Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe's ruling coalition is certain to secure the majority of the 124 seats being contested in the upper house. This is SRN News. Larry Elder says what the left doesn't want to hear. S&P 500? Never been higher? Economy rocking and rolling? More jobs created last month than the experts expected? Donald Trump's popularity rating? Highest ever of his presidency? About the same as when Obama ran for his second term? Say it ain't so! The Larry Elder Show. Afternoons at 5 on AM 1280. The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. Just past 1 o'clock here in the Twin Cities. Let's take a look at your forecast from the Great Plains Windows and Doors Weather Center. It's been beautiful today, everybody. Partly sunny skies and a high of 80 degrees. And the best and longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities is right here on The Patriot. Join Mitch Berg and Brad Carlson of the Northern Alliance Radio Network every Saturday and Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. because each week the NARN brings you the best in local, political, and conservative talk. Speaking of the NARN, the Brad Carlson Show gets started right now. Rest on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson, back after a one-week hiatus. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, hey, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning into the broadcast on this uh, beautiful Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's not as hot and humid as it was uh, last week around Thursday, Friday time frame. In fact, there's this been uh, this kind of comparative uh, uh, picture going around Facebook. Apparently, at the end of January, we had wind chill that got as low as like 61 below. And the heat index this past week, 
at one point was as high as like 110. So yuck. So in a, I guess that would be six month span, we've had like a uh, 160 degree uh, swing in temperature and in, in quote unquote feels like temperature from wind chill to heat index. Yeah, it's it's insane. <laughs> it's the state of Minnesota, man. You never know what you're going to get on a daily basis. Uh, even in the summer, you could get just something you don't expect. Even in the winter, you could get well, something you don't expect. From late yesterday morning until now, I mean, we couldn't have had more perfect weather. Oh, no. It's, it's, um, oh, it's awesome. I was out at Stillwater Days yesterday, and it was the best perfect day for that. Listen to some live music, drinking a couple beers underneath the beer garden. It was a lovely, lovely day yesterday, and today is much better. And all this week, too, I actually did some weather reports for all the reads I have to do for the Patriot and all the other stations that we have at Salem TC. I think the highest temperature we get this entire week is like 82 degrees, and we're not supposed to get a drop of rain. Okay. Well, I'm just uh, I'm just checking my uh, phone right now because occasionally I get a text message from my neighbor saying, hey, Brad, grass looking to get a little, looking like it's getting a little long over there because his son uh, likes to mow lawns, oh, gotcha. make money mowing yeah. lawns. So that's his way of saying, hey, my kid could use a few extra bucks. And, yeah. you know, well, what am I going to say? No. Well, it sounds like it's more of a family business than it's just the kid doing his own. <laughs> it sounds like his dad's trying to get a cut. Well, I don't No know. pun intended. I, I have no idea about how that works. But, uh, yeah, I I may have to take him up on that. Yet, Like I say, he hasn't, hasn't sent me a text message as yet. But uh, <laughs> may have to take him up on that. But, anyways, we will... Uh, We'll definitely address that if if it is uh, necessary. But I do want to kind of divide up the show a little bit, talk some local issues the first hour, and then get into some national news in the second hour, particularly the national. I think you can probably guess uh, in the second hour, the national news, it's going to be all about President Trump versus the squad uh, and how really nobody came out a winner in that whole ordeal. And but it's politics in 2019. Uh, you know, with uh, if you want a uh, reality show president, this is what you're going to get. And uh, yeah, sad but true. But we'll we'll again save that for the second hour. But I did want to get to some stories from this past week, and I think I talked about this one of the last time I was on the show a couple weeks ago, maybe the week before that. Uh, where the city of St. Louis Park City Council had voted to ban the Pledge of Allegiance prior to a uh, prior to city council meetings, and this obviously it was a unanimous decision. I believe uh, five to nothing. Um, apparently, a couple of members were gone when this vote was taken. As I believe there are seven members on the city council in St. Louis Park, but it was a. Uh, uh, consensus, a unanimous vote to ban the Pledge of Allegiance. Well, uh, then this past week, they decide because there was such a backlash uh, regarding this decision that the St. Louis Park City Council decided to meet again, and the room was overflowing with individuals uh, that were upset that the pledge was banned. Now, let's go back to the story a little bit. This is something I've been fuzzy on. I've read stories about this, but the rationale behind this was that the um, the reason this decision was reached in the first place to ban the Pledge of Allegiance is because it was some people found it offensive, or some new residents in the community felt uncomfortable or offensive, to which I say, I, I don't understand how the American flag which is the flag, the symbol of the very country you're living in, uh, how that could be offensive to pledge allegiance to. Now, me personally, I, I, I don't believe that 
you have to be required to say the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't believe you have to be required to stand for the national anthem. If you're an American and you love this country, okay, uh, pledging allegiance or showing some sort of patriotism doesn't mean you love this country any more than someone who doesn't do that. I don't believe. Now, me personally, I'll always stand for the national anthem, and I'll always sing along to it, and guess what? Sometimes I even get a little teared up singing it. That's me. All right? And I would never, I'd never take a knee, I'd never sit during it, nothing. All right? But again, that's me. I don't push my preferences, my worldview on others. I'll gladly share why I believe what I believe, but I respect someone else who decides to sit during it. And so I, this is something I, I'm genuinely curious about. Were there individuals that were sitting during the Pledge of Allegiance at these city council meetings that were getting badgered for sitting? Because that's been known to happen, say, at sporting events. You know, that's become a big thing at, at sporting events the national anthem because president Trump has obviously inserted himself in that debate. He says very openly that NFL players specifically should stand during the national anthem. And he's, in my opinion, taken it way too far. I still remember a speech he gave during the football season last fall early on. He was down in Alabama. Now, when you're down in Alabama, you're going to be in front of a friendly crowd, right? And I don't know what, what the occasion was doesn't really matter, but he says, wouldn't you just love it if these NFL owners said to these players kneeling, you know, uh, I get out of here, you SOB, you're fired. You know, something along those lines. And yes, he did use the term, phrase SOB, and he said the words, son of a, you know, incredibly inappropriate. And I don't like it. And I wish he would not insert himself in this because that just makes the debate more divisive. But here we are. And he even weighed in. On the issue in St. Louis Park. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, Jason, have you heard specifically what motivated the city council? Were there any specific incidents? Because like I said, uh, all I saw was it might right. make some of our new residents feel uncomfortable. It's like, why? Well, the moment you put any type of political or social pressure on any organization, they have a tendency to backpedal a little bit. I think this was one of those instances here. Um, I agree with you in the fact that I don't understand why they decided to ban the Pledge of Allegiance to begin with. Um, I think the fallback answer for a lot of people was maybe the religious angle that does uh, entail in the Pledge of Allegiance in a one nation under God. I think that's what people can fall back on. Um, But what drives me kind of crazy in this instance is that we saw the video of the city council meeting and just how many people were in an uproar, how many people were passionate about it, how many people showed up to the meeting in the first place. And yet I find this whole situation just kind of not that big of a deal because I'm like you. I don't really see the need um, kind of to have the Pledge of Allegiance before class every day. I don't feel the need to sing the national anthem before every single sporting event. Sure. Like, I just, I don't, I mean, I value the Pledge of Allegiance. I value the national anthem. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it shows um, the best part of the patriotism that we have for our country by doing that every single time. So it kind of makes me a little bit sad that we see so many people get riled up for this and show out for this when there are several other issues that we are dealing with and that you get nobody to show up for them. Well, it, here, yeah, yeah go ahead. I was going to say, now I found, I found the initial quote, and again, it was kind of vague. It said the rationale for eliminating it was, here's the quote, due to concern that some residents in their increasingly diverse community might find it unwelcoming. So you say that, it's like increasingly diverse. Okay, does that mean people who recently immigrated here? Right. And if that's the case, you know, I, and again, I, I don't, 
I don't, I'm not familiar with the demographics of St. Louis Park, but mm-hmm. increasingly diverse. Okay, so people of color, people who are not white, different religion, yeah. They, they're uncomfortable with pledging allegiance to the flag? I don't get that. Now, now, what I think, they might not be uncomfortable with the Pledge of Allegiance itself, but they might be uncomfortable with Trump's potential interpretation of the Pledge of Allegiance of the National Anthem because we've seen the president get riled up about this kind of stuff where sure. he's called out athletes. And so they might not have an actual issue with the Pledge of Allegiance itself, but they see how Trump interpret it, interprets it, and then they kind of let it speak for itself, unfortunately. I, I can't help but think, and again, I may be completely wrong, but when I see stuff like this, I can't help but think that there were some particularly, you know, new immigrants, mm-hmm. possibly, that were uncomfortable with being called out. I mean, they chose not to say the pledge. They chose maybe even not to to stand for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally stand. And so they were called out by, you know, some people who are overzealous in their patriotism. I, a, again, I, I've, if there are news stories indicating that, then point them to me. But if mm-hmm. that's, if that's not the case, I, I, it just seems this whole thing was just, was just very vague. And, uh, so when they chose to, to ban it, I think that, again, that was an overcorrection because, you, we should make it to where, yes, we have the option of, of saying the pledge, and if you don't want to say the pledge, be respectful of those who do. And that means sitting and being quiet. But some people take sitting and being quiet as being disrespectful. Wow, you should right. stand for our flag then as the symbol of our, our very country. And again, I, I'm hesitant to, because when I, I when I was in elementary school, every year, every you know from kindergarten through sixth grade, I remember saying the Pledge of Allegiance, well, and I only said it because I had the, I had right. it memorized by that point. Right. I didn't really understand what it meant. Mm-hmm. It's just like, that's what you did. Right. Well, guess what? That's not a good reason to continue to do something. Well, that's just what we always do. Well, right. you know what? It's okay to challenge the status quo. That's exactly. perfectly fine. And after you learn what the pledge is all about and what you're pledging to and what the American flag represents and what it means, then you say, oh, okay, well, I'm totally down with this. I'll say the pledge even more enthusiastically next time. Or you can get other people who go the exact opposite way. It's just like, you know, I'm not real comfortable pledging to a symbol because that doesn't make me more of a patriot. What makes me a patriot is, well, obviously respecting the Constitution, i.e. exercising my right to free speech, which allows us to, guess what, speak out against our government without fear of retribution from the government. And so I'm not a big fan of the love it or leave it philosophy, like, hey, if you don't love this country, maybe go somewhere else, and that'll be a nice segue, obviously, to what we're going to be talking about in the second hour uh, with some of President Trump's rhetoric. But uh, um, I want to continue the discussion in the second segment, and I'd like to hear from you, the listeners, too, what you think. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, uh, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. Yeah, we'll be continuing this discussion on the St. Louis Park City Council reversing its earlier decision and saying, yeah, we're going to continue to say the Pledge of Allegiance before city council meetings. We'll be back in mere moments on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Give me what you can tonight. Time is all we have to 
Your first year of Christian school is half price through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. If you see public school as a negative influence on your child's faith, it's time to make a change. To find out more about our half price Christian school tuition program, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Maybe you'd like to know what exactly Relief Factor is. It was created by doctors. It's a 100% drug-free supplement with four key ingredients that simply help your own body deal with the natural inflammatory response that it has. It's easy to swallow, four little capsules in each packet, like the packet that I carry with me at all times. Three packets a day for a week, then two packets a day for two weeks, and I have just described the three-week quick start. And you will know in three weeks, that's the beauty of it, whether it works, they don't drag you on. That costs just $19.95. There's a very good chance that a very serious percentage of my listeners suffer from some sort of muscular or joint pain. You should try this for $19.95. That's all you can lose. If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments. And it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. Relieffactor.com. American pressure. Spray it. Don't say it. Do you have a pressure washer in your shop that takes diesel fuel or kerosene? Are you tired of filling that tank every day? A stationary pressure washer that heats the water with natural gas or electricity from American Pressure is a great solution. Call us to discover all the ways a new stationary machine could benefit your business. We are always glad to come out to you, look at your current setup, and make recommendations. That new stationary unit will hook up to your existing natural gas line, which will save you both the cost of fuel as well as the time and effort and mess of refueling a pressure washer. The pressure washer will exhaust through the roof of your building or out the sidewall. And if it's an all-electric unit, there will be no exhaust stack at all. In addition, we've got all the right accessories to go with your machine, including trolley systems, hose reels, wands, trigger guns, and everything you need to make the cleaning job as easy and safe as it can be. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there as you grow, protecting you and those you love. And we are there as you start your next chapter. We are with you through life's journey. We are Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Everything is aces at Lucky's. That's why this month we have another great deal at Lucky's. This one's so hot, we're going to have to ice you down. Get a free five-pound bag of Ace Ice. Only at Lucky Stations or your neighborhood store. You could only see the way she loves me. Maybe you would understand. Welcome back, Am Twelve Eighty, the Patriot. Why I feel this way Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, and as always, we appreciate you tuning in, continuing this discussion on the St. Louis Park City Council, they voted to reinstate the Pledge of Allegiance following their uh, a controversial move earlier in July to ban it. Again, I'll read from the Fox 9 story. 
After recently voting to reduce the recital of the pledge, the council received significant pushback from community members. On Monday night, council member Tom Miller started the meeting by moving to reinstate the pledge. Then each council member took turns speaking on the issue and voted unanimously to reinstate it. I've, in, I've concluded that I made a mistake and I'm sorry and I'm asking for forgiveness, said City Council Member Steve Helfen. Uh, many spoke to threatening phone calls and emails they received over the last three weeks saying it was affecting their ability to do their jobs and ne- negatively impacting staff. It's impacting our staff's productivity and mental health, our wonderful staff. It's costing us money, said Council Member Margaret Rog, or Rog, I don't know how to, R-O-G, Rog. Rog also spoke to the fact that many of the protesters who showed up at City Hall Monday were not St. Louis Park residents. Shocking. Yeah, well, that's not shocking at all, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I know that was a sarcastic shocking, but... Uh, you visitors from Coon Rapids, Orono, Lakeville, Rochester, wherever you're from, take your energy uh, for civil civic engagement back to your own communities. And you know what? She's not wrong. She's right. not wrong. That that's a that's a valid point. You know, if this is an issue which gets you passionate, great. Use it for the good in your own communities. And this is what I've talked about on the show many a time. I know that federal elected officials and even state legislators and governors and whatnot, they get kind of the sexy headlines, the big attention, the more notoriety. But if you really want to get involved, show up to your city council meetings because that is the front line of where your freedoms are directly impacted, whether you realize it or not. You know, because... I mean, this is happening. I you know, I live up, live up in Ramsey, a suburb right between Anoka and Elk River. And we've got a city council up there. When we weren't paying attention, all of a sudden, some guy with deep pockets that wanted some his big property developed in the center of town decided to um, set up a political action committee in order to get a hand-picked council elected. And all of a sudden, all of the stuff, is activity is happening in the center of town that people aren't all that fired up about. It's like, well... How many city council meetings were you showing up to? Because this was happening. They discussed this stuff in the work session. That's where this, the real agenda gets set is in the work session. You need to show up to this stuff. It takes a big domino to fall to get people's attention, unfortunately. And you, and you know what? I'm talking to myself here because I don't show up as, to as many city council meetings as I need to. Neither do I. And, and you know, there are a few of us in our neighborhood. We had an issue with a, with a, with a median that was kind of an eyesore because the city wasn't maintaining it on a regular basis. So we wanted to do something that required low maintenance. And the residents in our neighborhood were willing to come together and pool our money to have an alternative uh, median, you know, not instead of just shrubs and bushes and whatnot, we would have, you know, rocks. They're easier to maintain, kind of like a rock garden, so to speak. And the city council would not allow us to do that. It's like, wait a minute, you're saying you're not responsible for maintaining this median in our neighborhood that we're responsible for the maintenance of it. But then you're telling us that we can't pick what we want for it. And we had to go to city council meetings and address the issue. Okay. Because this is a direct impact on us personally. Now, federal government, state, state laws. Yeah, they're going to have an impact. But what directly impacts you takes place again at your, within your county government, municipal government. So long story longer, that's how you, that's what you need to do to get involved. And yes, I hope these folks who showed up to these meetings 
and again, the vast majority not from St. Louis Park, that they get involved in their own communities. So that's an excellent point by uh, Margaret Rogg, again, uh, city count, uh, she's a city council member of St. Louis Park. I'll continue in this Fox 9 story. A council member, Ann Mavity, who proposed the original vote to limit the reciting of the pledge, voted Monday to reinstate it, but not before addressing her critics. I'm not sure that if you say the pledge three times a month instead of this two, you're more patriotic. Or if you say it one time a month, you're less patriotic. That makes no sense, she said. That sentiment was echoed by Councilmember Tim Brazen. You want people to hate us because we start our meetings in a way you deem politically incorrect, said Brazen. As we strive to have liberty and justice for all, please let us have our liberty and respect liberty here and respect our local control. You know, I can't I can't argue with with any of these folks. And this is something we had just been saying. Saying the pledge doesn't make you any more patriotic. It doesn't. But again, this was an overcorrection by the council in my opinion. To just flat out ban it um when a government official bans you from speech, I'm no constitutional scholar, but doesn't that kind of fly in the face of the First Amendment? Because was this also just like right out of nowhere too, like straight out of left field? Like, did he come out to it saying like, hey, I want to ban the Pledge of Allegiance? Like, did he have any communication with other council members or other members of the community that he wanted to do this? Well, they brought it up, I guess, you know, obviously because it passed unanimously five to nothing to ban it. Apparently, you know, it was it was brought forth. And, and like I said, I read the rationale earlier where it was uh, um, that some residents in their increasingly diverse community might find it unwelcoming. And did you say there were seven total council members for St. Louis Park? Apparently, because it Where was, are the other two? It was it was seven and nothing to reverse the ban. Okay. But apparently, when the initial ban took place, uh, okay. it's five to nothing. I'll so, tell you what. We so have, the seven showed up for the, to the, for the repeal. Well, maybe Mark from St. Louis Park can give us some uh, additional insight. He was actually at the city council meeting. Mark, great to hear from you, my friend. How are you? Great show, Brad. Well, I showed up to both meetings. Okay. And I'm with you and Mitch on this. Uh, to prove patriotism, you don't have to say the pledge. But what got me fried and frosted was the reasons they decided not to say it. First, Ann Mavity said, quoted, and the Star Tribune, the Pioneer Press printed it, well, half the city councils in the state don't say the pledge. Well, she lied. Uh, mm. I think Minneapolis and Edina, uh, maybe Robbinsdale, but there was only a couple that didn't say it. And okay. now Edina is saying it. Okay, so yes. she lied about that. Correct, yes. That was the first lie they told. Second lie was they, they, they started they, they convened a commission to determine why citizens weren't showing up to council meetings. Citizens. Yes. Well, one of Brazen's reasons for voting against was because he, he was afraid non-citizens wouldn't show up to meetings. The whole point was to get citizens to show. Good Number point. two, mm-hmm. that's the second lie. Yep. Then they were talking about, well, it's, it's uh, minorities and uh, are, are, it's not conducive to feel, minorities don't feel welcome. Well, Channel Ryan interviewed two black females that night. Both of them were pissed off that, that they stopped doing it. Then they interviewed an Hispanic male. He was pissed off. So that went out the window. So it was just compl- lies. And then Brosnan had the nerve to, to mention fake, fake news and Fox News, fake news. Well, his own council member said that half the councils don't say it. She lied. That was fake news. So there was lies. That's all they were was telling lies the entire time. And, and I'll hang up and listen. That, that's what really got me going. 
Yeah, appreciate it, Mark. And again, Mark is from St. Louis Park, right on the front lines of this discussion, saying that he went to both meetings. Yeah, that's uh, uh, like I say, this just just never really set right when they when the reason they cited is is that some might find it unwelcoming. I mean, I, I don't get that. Again, the only thing that I could think of is again when you get some overzealous uh, patriot patriotic people pointing out someone who's sitting during the pledge, you know, that may be, that may be a reason. I don't know, but this is St. Louis park. Okay. This isn't Trump country. All right. By a long shot. It's not, I mean, yeah, there are some Trump supporters in St. Louis park. Sure. But if the attendees to the city council meeting are at all a reflection of St. Louis park, it's, it's probably a good bet that politi- their political worldview is more left of center. You know, and again, I don't know that for sure because I don't poll each of the attendees that go to city council meetings. I don't know how many regularly showed up to city council meetings. I don't know any of this. But uh, Mark kind of gave us some insight on that. So, uh, you know, ultimately, and that was a good point. I'm glad Mark brought that up because I completely spaced that. Edina, uh, I don't know if they caved to any pressure or if they said, you know what, um, we might be the next to be targeted if it gets out that we don't say the pledge before city council meeting. So, yeah, why don't we go ahead and reinstate that? So this definitely had an effect. But I'll just say one more thing, and then we'll, we'll uh, get to our hard break here at one thirty. There were people who said, you know, that's disrespectful to our flag that you don't stand and say the Pledge of Allegiance. It's disrespectful to our flag. And these people who were saying this were out were out there protesting with a big American flag with Donald Trump's face in the middle of this American flag. Okay? Uh, All right. I have nothing, you know, I've had my criticisms of President Trump. I'm not saying this is an anti-Trump statement. I'm saying if you think the flag is pure and pristine and should remain emblematic of this country, I don't care who you support for president. You don't put their face in the middle of it. I'm guessing these are the same kind of people, too, that were sending those hateful emails to the council members after the decision. Probably. And, And this isn't a good reflection on Trump supporters, but you know what? And again, I don't want to paint a broad brush of all Trump supporters, but the ones who are most vocal, ones who are most loud and are going to be put up front and center as representative of what Trump is all about and his worldview is all about. Um, this is what they're going to, this is what they're going to show them as. So, um, not a fun episode to unfold to, to be sure, but, um, Something to keep an eye on in the future if something like this crops up again. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here for the Mike Murphy team with EXP Realty. Mike and Sharon with us in studio. Mike, now I understand a lot of sellers are awfully excited because they're getting full price the first day they're on the market, so that must be awesome. Actually, Lee, it's not. Selling in a day sounds great, but our goal is to get the best offer for our sellers. We know just the right amount of market time to get all the buyers in to see your home. We have a proven system to get multiple offers for our sellers, as well as win those multiple offers for our buyers. And Sharon, you guys still provide professional photography and free staging. That's right, Lee. And right now, we're running a summer special exclusively for Patriot listeners through Labor Day. Sign a listing contract with us, and we'll give you $500 at closing, because we know you deserve a mini vacation after the stress of moving. All they need to do is mention AM 1280 The Patriot to take advantage of that. So, Mike, how do they get a hold of you? Give us a call at 651-216-7870 or go to MikeMurphyTeam.com. 
That's MikeMurphyTeam.com. We're surrounded by noise, bombarded by information, messages struggling to get attention, so many choices and ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out. Today's technology can do that, but you need the resources and know-how to make it all work. You need Salem Surround. With all the digital marketing tools available and necessary to compete in today's business world, you need to know how to use all the options efficiently. Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. We know digital marketing and how to deliver customers so you can run your business. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. For no limitations on how and where you can reach customers, there's Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services. So your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at wnav-video.com. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson. Closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can catch my friend and colleague King Banyan on her sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. It is the King Banyan Show, heard Saturdays from 9 to 11 a.m. And my friend and colleague Mitch Berg on these very airwaves, AM 1280, The Patriot. He is the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance, heard Saturdays 1 to 3 p.m. And I am the closer, closing out weekends, Sundays, 1 to 3 p.m. on these very airwaves. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. Feel free to weigh in via Twitter as well, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, One of the big... Uh, other big local stories uh, has to do with the Department of Human Services and the drama going on there. And Dave Oreck, a uh, political reporter at the Pioneer Press, did a terrific job in kind of giving a timeline as of what has been going on um, for the past uh, several months. And uh, before I get to that, first of all, the Department of Human Services has been tasked with a lot, as it should be. I mean, it's a very important uh, government agency in charge of overseeing a significant portion of the state budget, you know, because our tax dollars are obviously uh, collected into handled different aspects of human services, hence the uh, title Department of Human Services. And of course, back in February, uh, 
the office of the legislative auditor, particularly Jim Nobles, and by the way, James Nobles, um, if if they're in down in St. Paul, there are very few individuals that are highly regarded amongst people of all political stripes. James Nobles is one of those individuals. Okay, so when he speaks, typically we should probably uh, take a. Uh, take it very seriously what he has to say because it was last February where again, the office of the legislative auditor released uh, a r- report showing blatant CCAP fraud. Of course, um, CCAP is children's care assistance program where low income families are given subsidies in order to uh, afford daycare because obviously daycare these days, is a very expensive proposition. And it showed that there was significant fraud and abuse where dollars were going overseas, out of this country. Some even su- suggest to terrorist elements. Okay, That's a very serious misuse of state funds, our taxpayer dollars. And uh, by the way, kudos to uh, Jeremy Munson, a Republican uh, House member, uh, who kind of put together this uh, these developments then he talks about in March, there was periodic data matching showing more than $1 million in Medicaid assistance going to people who make too much to qualify. Medicaid is administered by Blue Cross, which receives uh, captation payments for uh, each uh, uh, Medicare assistance enrollee, regardless if they seek Medicare. And then the Office of Legislative Auditors reshow, uh, released a second report showing no oversight at the Department of Human Services. And then Department of Human Services Inspector General overseeing fraud, Carolyn Ham was put on administrative leave, still collecting her six-figure salary to date. Then in June, the DHS Director of Medicaid, Jeff Schiff, is ousted. Glad I said that solely. Jeff Schiff is ousted. Sometimes I talk too fast, and that could be disastrous. <clears throat> I, did, I think I handled it well. July 12th. Two top deputy commissioners, Chuck Johnson and Claire Wilson, resign. July 15th, DHS Commissioner Tony Lurie resigns, leaving the top three positions of the Department of Human Services vacant. Now, given all of the shenanigans that are going on and the fraud and the waste and abuse that has been taking place, the fact that the top three positions of the DHS being vacant, probably not the best timing. And then you have Governor Waltz coming out just kind of being flippant about it, well, I, I'm not really into drama, not really going to get into speculation as to why these people are resigning or why all this happened, to which we say, why not? This particular agency, I don't know where it ranks as far as uh, the most money to fund a state agency, but it's got to be up there, you would think, in terms of the number of uh, the billions of dollars it gets on an annual basis as part of the state budget. And yet we're supposed to just except the governor's, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not really into drama. Well, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry to say this, Governor, uh, we're taxpayers. I, I think a little transparency is owed. We know that Governor Waltz is not real big on transparency. He's not even releasing his public schedule. I mean, that's been a, that's been a big fight between him and, and some members of the local press. And again, I'm not talking Alpha News, right of center opinion media. I'm talking members of the uh, Associated Press that are stationed here in Minnesota are fighting a transparency battle saying, hey, we need we want to see the governor's daily schedule. Again, shouldn't be too much to ask amongst our elected officials for transparency, but apparently it is. So getting back to uh you know Dave Ory's timeline, 
Governor Walsh took office in January, February, and then promptly appointed State Senator Tony Laurie, a fellow Democrat, as DHS commissioner. Laurie, known as a wonkish lawmaker regarding health care policy, brings on Stacey Weeks as his chief of staff. Weeks had previously served as Laurie's right hand on human services for several years in the Senate when Laurie chaired the Health and Human Services Committee. Then in May, in the closing days of the legislature, Laurie is instrumental in negotiating Walls' first budget with Democratic-controlled House and Republican-controlled Senate. Democrats succeed in extending a tax on health care providers to fund certain programs, but DHS remains under scrutiny, especially from Republicans, for how it has investigated or failed to investigate child care fraud. Is this one of those Republicans pounce type of scenarios? Because that's a lot of what me, some media members do. And I don't, again, I don't want to make an accusation of Dave Oreck. He seems pretty dip, much down the middle. But isn't it amazing whenever uh, Democrat-controlled bodies of government uh, are committing questionable acts that when they're called on it, it's uh, the bigger story is how Republicans are seizing on it or Republicans pouncing on it? Anyway, <coughs> I digress. The problem, first brought to light during the tenure of Governor Mark Dayton, has led to the agency's Inspector General, Carolyn Hamm, being placed on leave while her oversight role is investigated. And meanwhile, she's continuing to collect a six-figure salary. Internal tensions within the DHS are becoming apparent, but the extent to which they reach the top levels is not known. Again, this is in May. Now we're into June. DHS's longtime medical director of the state Medicaid program, Dr. Jeff Schiff, is ousted, raising objections from colleagues battling the opioid epidemic. Lori says he eliminated Schiff's position and wants to split it into two to address health disparities, but the 11 voting members of the Opioid Prescribing Work Group expressed their collective astonishment and dismay in a letter to Walls and Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan. Schiff later says the situation points to serious systemic issues with the leadership culture of the agency. No, what? Get out. July 11th, two senior DHS officials, Deputy Commissioners Chuck Johnson and Claire Wilson, abruptly announced their resignations. Johnson has been at DHS since 1989 and Wilson since 2016. Neither speaks publicly, and neither Lori nor anyone else in the DHS provides any explanation. On July 12th, Ham, the inspector general on paid leave since March, tells the Pioneer Press that the investigation into her has yet to begin. In the meantime, she's been paid $42,000. While there's no direct evidence to suggest that is closely re- this is closely related to Johnson's and Wilson's resignations, the bright news the news brightens the spotlight on the agency and plays into the suggestion by several Republicans that DHS is in disarray. Well, I think that's your ace in the hole right there. Uh, the situation by now has the full attention of the Waltz administration. Well, finally, it only took how many months? On Monday, Walls announces that Lori has resigned. He gives no clear reason for any of the drama, and Lori's resignation letter doesn't either. Walls says the ham investigation is actually underway, but won't say when it started. He names Pam Wheelock, a veteran of state government in the nonprofit sector, as interim commissioner. And then on Tuesday, uh, Weeks resigns. And then on Wednesday, both Johnson and Wilson rescind their resignations. So 
it's just a complete mess. And again, this comes at a pretty significant cost to the DFLers because remember, Tony Lurie was a sitting Minnesota state senator when Walls was inaugurated in January. And then when Walls handpicked Lurie to be his DHS commissioner, and by the way, uh, I'll find the quote here. There was a story in MinPost after Lori was selected uh, to um, to be the DHS commissioner. There was a story in the MinPost on this on him being um, awarded or him selected to this role. Here's the headline. For, this is from January of 2019. Tony Lori on his role as Minnesota's new DHS commissioner. This is the space that I've dedicated my life to. And then six months later, he resigns. And Walls says, I don't really have a reason for the resignation. Tony Laurie didn't give a reason for the resignation. What's going on? This is a role he's dedicated his life to. And then six months later, he walks away from it. And again, as I was about to say, this was at a time when the Republicans had a 34 to 33 majority in the Minnesota Senate. Razor thin majority. So Tony Laurie, Democrat, gives up his Senate seat. It goes to a special election, is won by a Republican. So then the Republicans now have a, a, a bigger majority. Again, still small, 35 to 32, but in some of these very diver, uh, divisive legislative uh, agendas that they're undertaking, that's huge. Okay? So you're telling me he's going to give up his Senate seat and— put it in play for the Republicans to increase their already razor-thin majority and then six months later walk away from a job he's dedicated his life to? Just like Tim Wall's schedule, I guess we'll never know for sure. Well, that's not going to be acceptable. And you can guarantee that Republicans, particularly Senate Republicans, this is something that they're going to demand answers to. And again, this may be, another, the big story may be, well, Republicans are pouncing and seizing on this. But... I'm sorry, when a state agency like the Department of Human Services, which, again, I don't know where it stands as far as as most taxpayer dollars, but it's got to be in the top two or three as far as receiving the most taxpayer dollars in, within the state budget. Uh, this isn't going to fly, and the pressure is going to stay on this. And, again, this is something for too big for even local media to ignore, local media, which isn't exactly a conservative bastion. Um this isn't going away by a long shot. So, uh, you know, and again, the fact that uh, the the two individuals, uh, I, you know, there's so many characters in this. I, 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 um, I, I keep I don't have all the names straight. Uh, when uh, yeah, here it is: Chuck Johnson and Stacy Weeks, both who resigned prior to Lori resigning, and then when Lori resigned, they rescinded their resignations. Um, something tells me that. Uh, there wasn't a lot of unity in that department. So we need to hear more about this. Again, they need to be accountable to the taxpayers, that is for certain. So we'll keep an eye on it. If nothing else, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. One final segment coming up this hour on the broadcast. Go nowhere. This ain't over yet. I've said things that I'll regret. won't be easy. AM 1280, The Patriot. Free offer contingent on subscription. Pay shipping and handling. Cancel any time. Message and data rates may apply. What happened, man? You used to be energetic, happy, and wow, did the ladies love you. Now, you fall asleep on the couch, tired and out of shape. Don't be that guy. Try a free bottle of Ageless Male Max. 
a Walmart bestseller with an ingredient shown to increase testosterone. Yes, it's now that easy. And when added to workouts, this ingredient has shown more gains in muscle and twice the reduction in body fat percentage. Plus, you get an added ingredient with a long history of being used for libido. Try Ageless Male Max free. Just text the word PUSH to 606060. If you're ready to support more energy, more strength, and more confidence, text PUSH to 606060. That's P-U-S-H to 606060. Grab a cup of coffee and help Gallagher's Army at Lucky Station. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. You know Gallagher's Army provides financial assistance to the families of fallen officers when they need it most, as soon as a tragedy occurs. When you buy a cup of coffee at any Lucky's Station convenience store, they're going to make a donation to Gallagher's Army, the Fallen Officer Fund. There's a Lucky's Station store in every corner of the metro. Find them online at luckysstations.com. That's luckys with an S, stations with an S, dot com. Cups for cups from Lucky's Stations. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm. phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds mm-hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Welcome back, Cam Twelve Eighty, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Morning has broken. One final segment on the broadcast with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag Narn Show hashtag N A R N Show. Any comments or questions? Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Uh, we do have a caller on line. Actually, she had a little bit of stage fright. She didn't want to come on air. Oh, okay. uh, it's Fair Carol enough. from Minneapolis, but she is wondering because we just talked about how Tony Laurie, uh, this was a job of a lifetime for him, and then six months he's gone. She is wondering if she might, uh, he might actually go after his former Senate seat now that he's not committed to this particular role. She wanted to know what your thoughts were. Well, the Senate is up, full Senate is up in 2020. Um, I, I'm skeptical that he would do that. For the simple reason that if we're continuing to be kept in the dark as to why he resigned, that question is going to be hovering over him, and I don't know that he's going to be able to get away from that. And again, the Lori name is huge up there because I think it was his mother served 
as senator before he did. And then his son was the Democrat opposing now current Senator Jason Rarick in that Senate race. Right. She's wondering. And ended up losing. Yeah. And she's wondering if he might go after uh, that uh, senator. So the Lori name, uh, there may be a little shine taken off of that name in that Senate district now as a result, because it is more of a rural district and how the demographics are are coming are pairing out here in the state because the DFL is becoming so far left. Uh, people don't really want to associate it with it anymore, even though Tony Laurie is obviously because he'd been elected in that district for multiple terms. Uh, I don't know. I'm skeptical. I doubt it, Carol. Uh, thanks for the call and thanks for the question. I appreciate it. I don't really have my finger on the pulse in that district, to be perfectly honest with you. But my, if I have any sense of politics whatsoever, if if it's not if there's no rationale given as to why he resigned, um, that's going to be easily used against him. It's like, look, he already left you in the lurch to take a job of a lifetime, and then six months later he resigns with no rationale as to why he resigned. Now he wants to come back to the seat. I mean, what does he take you all voters for? So it's an easy attack line to use against him if he tries to run and run again. So I, I don't know what his personal ambitions are, but I'm I'm skeptical that uh, he will run. So sorry for the long-winded answer. I, I don't know for sure, but if I had to make a prediction, I, I say that he's not going to. But the full Senate is going to be up in 2020. Hey, you know what? That's a great transition to what I have to share next. Uh, came out on Facebook this morning about the last three hours. Uh, Senator Scott Jensen, who currently represents Senate District 47, which includes parts of Chanhassen as well as the city of Chaska, Waconia, Watertown, you know, that those areas of western suburbs here in the Twin Cities. Uh, Senator Jensen is not going to seek re-election in 2020. That is huge news. Uh, Senator Jensen was first elected in 2016, served his, for one, his one and only four-year term, and then announced this morning via vi- video on his Facebook page that he is not seeking re-election. The rationale he gave was it just, you know, he's a physician by vocation, and that it just, uh, he, his patients felt that they needed more of his time because there was really obviously difficult to strike a balance because when you're a legislator, it's more than just being down at the Capitol four months out of the year. I mean, you obviously have elections to run, and when constituents want to meet with you, you can't say, well, you know what, we're not back in session for another uh, six months. Why don't you get in touch with me then? Yeah, that's not going to fly. All right. I mean, it may be a part-time job, and they aren't paid a lot of money. But let me tell you, it does take a commitment year-round. And when you have a demanding job like Senator Jensen has as a physician, um, that made it doubly tough. And so his rationale given was that uh, he definitely needs more of a balance in his life, and there was just too much going on. I mean, being a physician is demanding enough, let's be honest. And then trying to be a legislator as well just got to be too much. So he's not going to be seeking re-election. And, and I say kudos to Senator Jensen for making this announcement right now because it's, um, by if my math is correct, about 15 and a half months until Election Day. So that gives him ample time now to start getting candidates to run for the Republican nomination in Senate District 47 and obviously hopefully keep that in Republican hands because if we've learned anything from the 2018 election, we've learned that suburban areas, you know, urban areas and then suburban areas are becoming really tough for Republicans to get elected. Republicans are dominating out state. But Senate District 47 uh, it's kind of on the um, 
kind of on the edge between a suburban district and a rural district. You've got some rural areas in there, and then you've got some sub- suburbs like Chaska, part of Chanhassen, and again, Watertown, which is now considered suburbs. It's not a sure thing. I'll just put it that way. And again, like I alluded to last segment, given the fact that Republicans have such a slim majority in the Senate, we need to hang on to all of these suburban seats. So this is going to be a very critical uh, juncture for Senate District 47 and whom they choose as a candidate. Now, as it so happens, I know a good number of people that live out in that area, and I haven't reached out to anybody yet. Uh, but I am curious to know who is considering running, and we're going to probably be learning that coming up here soon. And again, kudos to Senator Jensen for for making this announcement early on. Uh, as a matter of fact, I learned from the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus Facebook page that Scott Jensen's not going to be seeking re-election. He sought their uh, endorsement when he was first running in 2016, and he got solid marks from the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus in his pro-Second Amendment stance. But then he came out and was kind of waffling on some gun control bills. And there was some bills where he put his name on sponsoring gun control legislation. And many with the Gun Owners Caucus felt betrayed by that because they they gave him the endorsement in 2016. And then to attach his name to gun control bills uh, left a lot of gun owners feeling betrayed. And then obviously he felt tremendous pressure from gun owners and the gun owners caucus and ultimately removed his name as a sponsor so hopefully that's not the legacy he leaves behind but nevertheless uh, kudos to him for making this announcement early and i'll be interested to know the candidates that are going to be running for that seat that's for sure our hour number one in the books hour number two coming back in mere moments right here in am 1280 the patriot northern alliance radio network back in a few turn all of Hi, it's Keith Hittner Sr. here. Tune in on Sundays at noon for your Real Estate Chalk Talk, where we study the science of buying and selling real estate and the art of living in your home. Get the solid real estate facts you need from Keith Hittner Sr. and Keith Hittner Jr. of Colwell Banker Burnett and their team of experts. Tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk on AM 1280 The Patriot every Sunday at 12 noon. Brought to you by the Hittner Group, the number one Colwell Banker Group in the nation. Online at HittnerGroup.com. And tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk every Sunday at 12 noon on AM 1280 The Patriot. Everybody wants cheap airfare, but where do you find it? You call low-cost airlines. Their prices are direct from the airlines, and they're so low you can't find these fares published anywhere. They specialize in cheap flights, discount hotel rooms, cheap car rental rates, and great package deals anywhere around the world. Wherever you want to go, they can help you get there cheaply and with the best price guarantee. If you want the lowest prices on your airline tickets or other travel services, call now. That's right, call. That's the only way to get these rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the cheapest airfare and hotel rates available. So don't wait. Call right now for the lowest travel prices anywhere and for great last-minute travel deals, too. Call right now. 800-708-3091. 800-708-3091. 800-708-3091. That's 800-708-3091. Hi, this is Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280, The Patriot. And I'd like to remind you to spend your money wisely and use our loyal marketing partners here at this great station. Many of our clients are local businesses who live, work, and play right here in the Twin Cities, and their success in business is our success. For a list of our loyal marketing partners, go to am1280thepatriot.com or call us at 651-405-8800. 
We thank you for listening and supporting our partners. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Minnesota's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. AM 1280, The Patriot is WW. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.